Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 180. I am not going to fall in line with whatever you think the the socially accepted body needs to look like. I mean, I was really that yeah, girl. I, did you stop shaking <laughs> your armpits? Yes, I did. I, I'm i psychic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Envision her not sh- It's like, stop. I get it. I went to Berkeley. I went through that phase. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today we're chatting with my friend and fellow podcaster, Katie Kremitzos, and we're going to find out exactly how she overcame an eating disorder, reversed her asthma, and figured out how to lose weight the healthy way and built the business, life, and family of her dreams. Katie is the founder of Biz Women Rock, a community and education provider for business women around the globe who want to grow their companies. Her podcast provides personal business interviews, pertinent topics, and actionable information that help her community thrive in their businesses. I'm a huge fan. I've been listening to her podcast since we met at Podcast Movement uh, a year and a few months ago. So we've been to two podcast movements together now, I think. Yeah. And I met her the year before and we just bonded right away. And I started listening to her podcast and it's one of my favorites. She's got a great voice she's like a radio oh my god she was so much fun yeah she is a blast and she's fun she's like us Susie that's why it's like finding someone that like talks about serious topics that are important but also has like a sense of humor and just like gets it is is rare and so I love talking to people like Katie she was awesome I had so much fun but first our 2017 holiday gift guide is live Woo! I'm so excited yes we shopped the web we scoured it and we we asked our guests for as many discounts as we could get and created a beautiful guide for you, which you can download for free right now at foodhealsnation.com slash gift guide. Yes. So it's kind of like our favorite things, like Oprah's favorite things, but it's Allie and Susie's favorite things. You get a car. You get a car. We're not not giving away cars. Don't get them too excited. (laughs) It's not that good. Sorry. But we do have good discount codes, but they're not on cars. They do. They add up. So the generous team at Organifi, this is a new one. Yes. Organifi, a superfood we love, has offered Food Heals Nation 20% off of their products. This one comes from Drew Cannoli, who... We've been a fan of for a while, and he'll actually be on the show next week. So stay tuned. Susie, it was such a good interview, right? It was so good. I love him. Get ready, Food Heals Nation, because this one, we go deep with Drew. His Organifi Gently Dried Superfood Greens Powder, it's something that I've been taking daily for months now. I think four to five months. 
I, I keep misquoting myself, but three to five months I've been taking it every morning. <laughs> Definitely one to six months. Definitely one to six months. More than one, less than six. More than two. I think three. I think four. Okay, okay I'm going to stop. Okay. No one cares. I've been taking it. It really tastes delicious. So I either put it in my morning smoothie or if I'm in a big old rush, I literally put it with the chocolate almond milk that I buy from the store that I love. And I just mix mm. it in the little Vitamix. It takes like two seconds. It doesn't even take a minute. You just mix it and you've got something that you can take on the go. It tastes delicious. It doesn't taste like chalky or too green. And it's so good for you. It's chock full of so many good things. Yes. It doesn't have the green gross taste at all. So you can go to OrganifiShop.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS. You can go to OrganifiShop.com. Dot com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS, 20% off. Like I said, I'm thrilled about this one. I'm going to use the coupon code every month because I didn't have it before. <laughs> so now I'm like, yes. And so to summarize all the great holiday discount codes we've released so far, we've got coupon codes set up for you at jingslingers.com for their DNA detox. We've got a discount code over at addictivewellness.com for their delicious raw organic vegan chocolate, perfect for stocking stuffers, and their brand new elixirs. And the Organifi green juice we just mentioned, as well as my CBD fountain brand new lotion line tinctures, uh, capsules, and other products at cbdfountain.com. All of these are using the discount code FOODHEALS, except for mine, which you can email me at info at cbdfountain.com because the website is coming in 2018. We say this, but I'm just going to say it again. We only work with brands and products we truly believe in. Susie's CBD lotions are incredible. I absolutely love them. I can't make this up. I can't. I'm not a good liar. When I talk about Organifi, when I talk about addictive wellness, when I talk about, we always talk about Global Healing Center. That's another one, 20% off um, their products as well. When I talk about Jing Slingers, I love all of these products and use them in my daily routine. So we hope that you check them out and try them too. And they're all going to be a part of our holiday gift guide. Stay tuned in each episode leading up to the holidays. We're going to reveal more and more of our fabulous discount codes for you, Food Heals Nation. Next up, our interview with Katie. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Katie Kermitzos is a business coach and growth strategist and provides virtual and live education to help purpose-driven and action-taking women so they can get the tools they need to fulfill their business dreams. She's one of my favorite people, and unfortunately, we don't live in the same town, and I hate it when I love someone so much that lives in a different state, let alone across the U.S. She lives in Florida, and I live in L.A., but I love her. I listen to her podcast, and she's just one of my besties, and I'm going to be speaking at her conference in Orlando, which I will tell you all about in a future episode of the Food Heals podcast, and we're going to interview her husband, too. He's done amazing things. He just came out with this beautifully done documentary about podcasting. Totally different topic. We're going to tell you all about it in this episode, and I'm going to tell you more in future episodes. And Katie's a lover of travel and animals and her pet parrot, Sammy. She loves the water, and she's, of course, amazingly in love with her very first child, Sedona, and her husband, Chris. Welcome, Katie. What's up, girls? Thank Hi. you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I know. You sound excited. You're so pepped up. We're so excited when people are excited to be here. <laughs> I love it. How can you not be excited for cool conversations that you're about to have? I know, Absolutely. right? So how are you doing since podcast movement? Katie and I just got back a few, I don't even know when it was, a month ago, a few weeks ago from this really intense, amazing podcasting conference. Yeah. Um, I am doing good. 
I, I swear the older I get, more life happens in a day and time seems to speed up. I'm sure everyone can identify with that. <laughs> I, I literally, so much stuff has happened since then. I got back all like jazzed up and so many great conversations coming out of that. So many great relationships deepening from there, which is really a core reason why I go to all of that stuff. And um, yeah. And so many great ideas coming from it, kind of new breath of fresh air into my podcast, into my business. And then we had Hurricane Irma uh, come through Florida, and that just kind of like zigzagged things a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind, so to speak, of uh, time since then. Absolutely. And how is your house? How is your neighborhood? How is everything now? Thankfully, really good. We were kind of, uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida. And so we were uh, right, like the morning before the hurricane hit, or I think the day before the hurricane hit, it was supposed to, they were thinking it was going to literally like go right through my house, like right oh into that South Tampa area. So we were like, see ya, <laughs> we're yeah. leaving. So thankfully, it actually, um, by the time it hit by us, it had really decreased in wind and all the energy and it um, had taken more of an East Coast twist. So mm. uh, honestly, nothing, nothing happened to my house. No, I mean, oh, some, some, there were like some tree branches down and stuff like that. Like there really was not that bad of stuff, relatively speaking, that happened here in, in Tampa Bay. And um, so we were really lucky. And did you Good. take your parrot with you? Of course. Hello. <laughs> I love, love birds because I'm a bird lover. I grew up oh, with yeah. some pet, pet, pet birds and uh, I'm stuttering. Pet, pet, pet bird. <laughs> and, and I love that you love birds. So tell us about your love of animals. Oh, well, you know, appropriately so. My deep soul connection to the fact that animals are other amazing soul beings was because of my bird. You know, I grew up with animals. I grew up with pets. Just your normal, like, you know, pet dogs, pet cats. I think we had mice at some point. Um, you know, the gerbils, like all that nor- kind of like normal kid stuff. And But I had never, ever owned a pet. I never had a pet as an adult. And, you know, always loved animals. Yeah, kind of like from afar. But And then I met my now husband who was in love with animals he had grown up with animals he had businesses buying and selling uh birds at that point like he loved birds he loved everything birds and i was like how do you love birds that is the weirdest (laughs) thing ever (laughs) that like they're not cuddly like this was my they're so cuddly i know i know this now but back then i was like oh my god the birds are gonna bite my eyeballs out and they're not cuddly (laughs) how do you how why are you in love with birds and so part of our (laughs) wonderful you know, getting to know each other uh, and courtship process was him being like, hey, let me take you to the bird store. And I was like, (laughs) wait a minute, there are bird stores and there are, okay, like just out of curiosity and I'm an adventure seeker. So, okay, let's do this. And so we became like, we would go to the bird store every once in a while. And, um, and then one day he kind of put this beautiful sunconyer, which is a type of parrot on my fingers. And I was sweating the whole time because I really thought that she was going to bite my eyeballs out. And I, but I just stared at her for probably what amounted to about 10 minutes. And by the end of that 10 minutes, I looked at him and I was like, she's got kind eyes. I think we, I think she needs a home with us. And it was just that moment. And so it was, her name is Sammy. We still have her. And she was the reason that I, because I came to find a soul mate with her, if you will. I was like, oh my God, she's this little being and she's amazing. She's got a personality. She's got so much excitement. It was just so obvious. Like she's, she's just this little being. And it was my first chance as an adult really getting that concept. And so that really started this whole like seriously deep empathy um, and connection with 
animals and other beings in, in a whole different way. I totally understand that. And I, I love birds as well. Like I said, I grew up with some of them and, and, and all on all animals. I mean, like, I totally vibe with that. You can you look into their eye. Like I remember hearing a saying that children and animals are the closest things to God. Mm. And I'm not religious, but that really struck me. I'm like, that's true because they're so innocent and they're just so yep. pure and they are who they are and they don't lie. Yeah. Right. It's so present, you know, like they're not they're not yeah. living for the past or for the future. Like it's just they're there. They're there with you, but they get it. I remember a friend of ours, even though he had had animals, and he had had birds. And so in the very early years, we were kind of like, hey, can you like bird sit? Like, we're going to go away. Can you bird sit? And I remember on one of those bird sitting things, like he he just sort of made the side comment about like, oh, you like we had been gone a week, which at that point was a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen Sammy in a week. And he Aww. before he picked us up from the airport and on our way home, he had been, you know, checking in on her and everything. He was like, oh, she doesn't know the difference. Like the animals don't know time. And I was like, oh, you better believe that she knows time because she oh, yeah. walks at me differently if I've been gone for an afternoon versus oh, yeah. a week. Absolutely. I was like, and I was like, like, you just know that like they know they just know they're so brilliant. So, yeah, that I totally understand that, Susie. absolutely and dogs like my I have two dogs and they really teach me like unconditional love and I was just gone for a conference for about three days and the wailing that comes out of Charlotte's mouth when I'm gone for that long (laughs) is so much different than like you said like I was gone for an afternoon it's like oh hey girl what's up if I'm gone for a weekend it is like a howl of like joy and it just warms my heart and it just is so loving and beautiful and I just love coming home to that every really it makes me feel guilty oh I feel guilty too (laughs) I'm just like oh I'm sorry <laughs> See, which is why I took my bird with me in the hurricane uh, evacuation that's exactly yeah. why I was like you have you no have, way yeah, I'm keeping yeah. you here <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I mean it breaks my heart to see it, and I've donated money to shelters down there in, in Houston because I know there's a lot of animals that were left behind it just it oh, breaks my so heart much. It makes me despise humanity that people leave their pets. There is oh. no excuse for that. I, yeah. I got to the point where, you know, I would see a couple of these things getting shared on like Facebook lives and people would be yeah. sharing them about, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like I would catch about two seconds and I was like, my stomach would drop and I'm like, I can't I watch this. I can't watch this. I it's know. It's so sad. It's so heartbreaking. But yes, all we can do is donate and adopt, don't shop. You know, that's the moral of this story because there's so many animals, especially now that have been abandoned that need homes more than ever. Oh, yeah. All right. We've totally gotten off topic. I would love (laughs) for you to introduce yourself to our Food Heals Nation. We know you're a fellow podcast host. You're a mamapreneur. Like us, you do a lot. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes. Hello, Food Heals Nation. I'm a fellow listener along with you guys. I was telling the girls before, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on the show. This is so cool. (laughs) I was having a little (laughs) fangirl moment. Um, So I am someone who has fallen in love with entrepreneurship since I first jumped into that space almost 10 years ago. I have always been someone who's been really passionate about life. Like I never want to live a complacent life. I've always been someone who wants big. I want to live big. I want to experience a lot of stuff. I want to make an impact. Like I just have always been that as a kid even. And so when I found entrepreneurship, I was like, oh, now this is cool. I could do this and I could use this thing called a business to do that. Like that's super cool. And it took me, it's still, I still am experimenting with how to do it. But um, for a long time, I ran a local Entrepreneurs Association with my husband, Chris, called the Tampa Bay Business Owners. And um, a little over a year ago, I stepped out to do my Biz Women Rock business full time. 
So what that business is, is I, just like Allison said, I started a podcast back in 2014 called Biz Women Rock, just because I knew that I, if I could marry these two interests that I had, which were women and highlighting women and raising women up and business, then I could, like, I would be happy. I could do something there. And so I started this podcast and it just immediately gave birth to a whole business for me. And for two and a half years, I, I did it part-time while I was doing our full-time local business. I got really good and constantly got to practice on like, how do I marry this thing called my podcast and this business of Biz Women Rock, which since then has become really a resource provider for entrepreneurial women who want to grow their businesses and let it be a, a really awesome vehicle to live a life of freedom, to live a life of purpose. And so that's what I do. I am also a mom. I have a two-year-old right now. <laughs> I have a big family. I'm not, even though my name is Greek, my husband, it comes from the big fat Greek family, but I actually come <laughs> from a, a very big family. Um, so I'm one of six kids. So, um, and we all really get along and we all hang out together. I, I love the water. I mean, it's just, I'm very well-rounded in all of that stuff, but super, super passionate about this business thing. And that's why I really continue to dig into the biz women rock stuff. Yeah. And I'm a total fangirl of your podcast. I love all the <laughs> topics that you talk about and I love how you do it with such positivity and the fact that you do have this big family and a lot of responsibilities and that you're able to balance all of this. And I know you're passionate about time management and I like mm -hmm. love time management <laughs> hacks. It's one of my favorite because I've, I've been so yes. bad at it my whole life. I have to like train myself to be good at it, you know, so I like me. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so you have an inspiring weight loss story and you overcame an eating disorder, asthma, and you became now you're this healthy, hot mama with your podcast. <laughs> but can you take us back to like, where did it all start? Yeah. So I would really start it where probably most anyone who has ever dealt with some sort of like a food issue would would probably identify which is kind of my my upbringing with food and what that was in my family and in my family it was everything that's what we you know my mom showed love through food and so it was a lot of eating it was a lot of eating on a budget so it was about lots of portion for little amounts of money Right, and right. Um, I learned at a very young age how to eat at a buffet. Um, it was if you're going to pay $5 for a buffet, you better get $25 worth of food. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So it was it wasn't I can't even say it was just like just the food thing. It was like it was getting it was your money's worth. <laughs> yes, very much so. And those two things were so uh, intrinsically connected. So. It was never about quality of food. Not to say my mom was act is actually a very good cook, but it was more so about the quantity that we could get out of it. So fast forward, the idea that I spend $4 on a non-dairy butter is just ridiculous. It doesn't even matter that I don't <laughs> use butter, that butter that much, right? That's my right. way to understand it. So anyway, and I was also an athlete. I was an avid athlete, still am. What that looked like was I could eat whatever I wanted while I was, you know, junior high, high school. And I loved um, those days. <laughs> no. And girl, girl, did I take myself up on those days. I, yeah, I, I miss those days. Anyway, please continue. Yeah. Um, so I could eat whatever I wanted and I would be at whatever practice for whatever sport I was doing for three to five hours a day and right. in yeah. whatever PE classes I was taking for two hours a day. So I was working it off. I wasn't ignorant to the fact, like I knew even back then, like I'm eating too much and this is not good. Like I, I knew that back then. <laughs> but 
uh, what ended up happening was that I went to college and I stopped being an athlete. Uh, I still worked out, but I stopped being an athlete. And so I was no longer having these five to six hour intense training days. And I was still eating the way that I was used to. And all of a sudden, you know, over the course of the five years that I was an undergrad, I had an extra 60 some odd pounds on me. And at that point, fast forwarding into those college days, that's when I really fell in love with women and who we are in this world as a whole, because I was starting to take like feminism 101 classes and women in communication. It just opened my eyes. And the marriage of those two things the overlapping of those two things allowed me to stay in that heavy space for a really long time because I was the one really chanting, you will love me even if I'm, you know, big and bold, who cares? Like I am right. not going to, I am not going to fall in line with whatever you think the, the socially accepted body needs to look like. I mean, I was really that yeah. girl. Did you stop shaking your armpits? Yes, I did. I, I'm Dude. psychic. Yeah. <laughs> Vision her not. It's like stop. I get it. I went to Berkeley. I went through that phase. (laughs) (laughs) Down with the man. I am woman. Hear me roar. I'm not going to shave. Totally. Totally. Did you stop shaving your armpits? Did I? No. But I was surrounded by people that did. I did. I did wear patchouli. I did try that no deodorant thing. I didn't wear. I wore patchouli. (laughs) see it was a whole thing I think a lot of us went through that for me it was very much like an owning of like I can be anything now what I thought freedom has always been a really core value of mine I, I you know I've always known that in some way it was always still is very important for me to do what I want to do I don't want anyone telling me what I am or am not allowed to do so you can see where all of those things sort of created a shitstorm, if you will, of <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you what I'm allowed to be. And this need to sort of be a rebel because I need to be a rebel, like really for no other really real reason. But what I was doing in the in underneath all of that is that I was thinking that true freedom meant no boundaries, like nothing. Like I could do everything and anything in the food world. I could eat anything and everything and you will love me. Like there's nothing you can't keep me bound in. Right. Fast Mm -hmm. forward, I now know, and what I had to learn the hard way was that, in my opinion, true freedom is creating boundaries that bring out the best in who you are. Um, Yes, I love that. The way that that ended up manifesting for me was post-undergrad, I came out, that's when I moved from Arizona to Florida. I came out to Tampa for uh, my master's degree, and um, I think it was like in my first year... I ended up meeting another girl who became a good friend of mine. And together we were like, well, I I remember like right when I was becoming friends with her and we were starting to hang out, she was another sort of like ex-athlete, still trying to be an athlete type of a thing. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I was, I didn't weigh myself at that point because I was like anti the scale, <laughs> but right, I, right, right. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can see. See, Susie, you asked why I had so much energy. You can hear, you can hear all this in my stories, right? I love it. I love it. You're like, you know, I'm picturing you had your own like little mini Russian revolution of like fitness. You're like down with, down with the man, down with, I'm going to do what I want. Like, I love it. Please go yeah, on. Pretty much it. Um, but I, I had this moment where I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I, I had to weigh 210, 20 or 30 pounds. I don't know. But and how was, tall are you? I'm five, five. And just to give you a a scale right now, I weigh about 150. So, and I consider myself in a pretty normal, healthy body for me right now. So, so you're looking at a a good chunk of weight on me. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror going, 
I am not happy in this body. And I don't know who I'm trying to fool by, you know, rebelling against the man or whatever society is supposed to tell me. I don't care about that at that point. I'm not comfortable and I need to do something about that. Did you feel a sort of protection in any way from being in that body? Oh, I I mean, yeah. You want to dip dip into the psychological reasons why I had that for so long? (laughs) We love the psychological. You're willing. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, this is like a free counseling session for me. Are you ready? (laughs) Um, Talk about your mother. No, just yeah, right. (laughs) Um, No, I mean there was a lot of psychology, a lot of reasoning behind why I was in that body and comfortable in that body because I was truly terrified of relationships. I was terrified of men. I was terrified of people not liking me really and not loving me. And, you know, another giant value of mine has always been great love. Like, not just like, oh, I want to get married and have kids. Like, it's never been that. It's been like, I want earth shattering, mind blowing, making waves in this universe type of soulmate love. And having that expectation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wait, I want that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different story for a whole different podcast. It is. But the point being is that that was a huge value of mine. So imagine, I'm sure I ha- I know that I had enough rejection that had happened that somewhere in me was, well, I don't, if I'm big enough, they'll never accept me, which means they can never reject me. So I, I became the best friend. I was the little jock best friend to everyone. That's who I was. And I did not date throughout college at all. So you were the best friend. So you were the girl where the guys always went for the best friend and you were the sidekick in the movies. Oh, totally. I was that girl. <laughs> yeah. I was the one giving all the advice about why they should break up with so-and-so because she totally takes advantage of you <laughs> and describing exactly what you need. And it happens to look a lot like me. Yeah, that was it's so pathetically cliche. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so when did you start to shift into better behavior and practices? Um, well, I didn't before, before it got better. Oh, well, I should say I started from that moment of looking myself in the mirror. I started with the intention of losing weight in a healthy way, like getting healthy. And I had this girlfriend and the reason why I talk about her is because, and she's poignant in this story is because she was a buddy and it became very normal. Whatever we were experiencing together became normal because she was doing it too. So there was never, it took a long time for me to see that what I was doing was not normal. And what I was doing was, I wouldn't say I was starving myself, but it's not that far off. Like I pretty much developed a really nasty eating disorder. I never had bulimia, but I pretty much had a combination of like overeating, binging, throwing a little bit of anorexia in there at some points. I mean, it was just, just a really nasty combination of trying to control my food. Like restrict in certain areas, work out like a crazy lady um, so that I could burn off all the calories that I might have had, I might have taken in that day, but really control and be super perfectionistic about my food. And that lasted way too long. I think of, gosh, probably two years, maybe a few years more than that. I I've, honestly, I've kind of lost track of the time in my head. <laughs> so my friend, she's never been on the podcast, but I've asked her to come on. She calls this exercise orexia because that's what she had, yeah, basically. Yeah. Then, then go anorexic for a long period of time, then binge, but exercising like crazy the whole time, like two to three hours a day, intense cardio, taking classes like that. Her, her day was based around food, not eating and exercise. Yep. And that's exactly what my life turned into, which is why I absolutely identified with having an eating disorder. Not then. It took me a little while to really own that, but it was because literally I had 
all my day was was exactly what your friend just described. It was like, what am I eating and what am I not eating? What is my day of food going to look like? And what workout am I going to have? Because if that is not answered, then I need to either starve myself some more because I didn't work out or I need to have a harder workout the next day. And literally, that's what took up all of my mental energy. And your friend was doing this with you. So you like had this power together. Totally. I didn't. So I didn't see it as anything weird. You had you a non-accountability. <laughs> <laughs> like a negatively yes. negatively impacting accountability <laughs> or, or just yeah. a codependent really but yeah. yeah 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 exactly it was very just like I know what is best you know because I am and I was losing weight so here I was I'm I'm losing the weight because I'm drinking crazy amounts of diet coke all day to to ward off any hunger I actually might have um, I would eat a pretty healthy dinner I would have a workout somewhere in there and because I was losing weight, I could sniff my nose up at you and say, yeah, that's not healthy for you. I know right, what I'm right. doing. You obviously don't. I, and I'm really <laughs> embarrassed to even talk about what a pain in the butt I turned into and how self-righteous I really got. You know, it was really ugly. I mean, to the point where there's six kids in my family and one of my sisters I'm super close with. And she more than once was like, you are turning into a very selfish person and I don't like you. <laughs> and I don't know what you're going through in life, but I don't like you quit looking down on me like that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Big wake up call. Yeah. And that must've taken a lot for her to say to you. Oh, huge. I mean, well, I mean, we're very honest with each other, so it's not that big of a deal. But... <laughs> That's what siblings are there to do. Is to I know. Call you on your shit. Pretty much, pretty much. I am very grateful that I heard her and I have enough, I have so much respect for her. So, so I could hear her when she said that those few times, you know, and there were two moments of rock bottom for me and they both involved her one and they were both kind of right together. One was I was back home at Christmas and she and I went on a walk and here I was spouting all this. I am so much better than everyone else because look at how sexy I am because I know how to exercise and eat. I mean, seriously pathetic. And that's when she told me, like, you are a really selfish bitch right now. And I don't know what's going on, but like, you need to, you need to like figure something out. Like, tell me how I can help you. And then the next moment came just a, a few months later when I was visiting her with this friend. This friend came with me. We were obsessed with working out, eating, not eating, judging what she had in the house. And I, uh, my very first nephew, was about a year old at the time. And I remember I was just so exhausted from all of that that I was never, I wasn't present with him. And I remember leaving there going, I totally missed that whole vacation. Like I totally missed that time with him. I didn't, I didn't even see him. Those two combined things was like, okay, I'm done with this. I can't, I, this is not worth this. And that's when I basically signed up for the, a 12 step program. And I was like, I'm getting out of this and I can't do it by myself. Good for wow. you. Wow. Yeah. And what was the 12 step program? Like, I know what that is kind of for AA, but what is that in this case? Like, what, what are the, some of the steps? So they have a, um, they're all exactly the same steps. They're just oh, customized, so obviously, for whatever the issue or the, the addiction is. This one was called OA or Overeaters Anonymous. I actually kind of think that there's like an Exercisers Anonymous. Um, <laughs> I think that might be a case. I mean, there yeah. literally is like every, there's a 12-step program for every addiction you could possibly have. And they just really make those 12 steps work for whatever the language is for that particular addiction. So I was really lucky because it was a bunch of old ladies. I, uh, it just happened to be that that group of I was the youngest one there except for the girl who ended up becoming my sponsor was like a year younger than me 
And other than that, it was like a bunch of old ladies and we were all talking about exactly this. And that was the first time I ever was like, oh my God, you've done that too with food. You hid that too. You stuffed your face there before you went to go out and eat and you did this too. And, and so all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm not alone in this. And they seem to be having success doing this. And I'm going to keep trying this. Like I'm going to keep doing that. And that group, I basically incubated myself in that group gosh, for probably almost a year and ended up kind of getting myself out of all of those habits and all out of that addiction. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. How long ago was it? Um, I was 23 when this all started and I was 26, 26, had just turned 27 when I went into recovery. Wow. You know, so many people suffer for such a long portion of their life. So cheers to you for getting over it quickly and successfully. I have a question. So Katie, um, with your past experience with food, how are you teaching your baby about how to eat? I'm kind of fascinated by all aspects of psychology, but especially the way parents teach their children about food. You know, it's you you pick up so much just as you did about how to eat, what to eat you know, eat junk versus eating vegetables, um, how much to eat. How are you teaching your baby how to eat? Sedona. I know, my little one, Sedona. So that is an awesome question, and I'm so glad that you asked that because I'm going to tell you I don't have the perfect answer. The answer is, is I'm, I'm figuring it out. But well, I, I don't do. want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I know. Screw no, you. It's, it's, there, is no, there is no perfect answer, right? Because no. I see kids that are so picky, and I was, not allowed to, I was not allowed to get away with anything. If my mom cooked it, I had to eat some of it, period. Mm-hmm. And most mm-hmm. of it was vegetables and, good, and healthy stuff. But I see kids that are, you know, and this is the extreme end of the spectrum where they only eat chicken fingers and mac and cheese right. and French fries. And, and yep. uh, they also have to, or there's other kids that are, I see that are forced to clean their plates no matter how hungry they are or not. Right. So I just want to know what you're doing. That's all. Yeah. So that is such a good question. So the answer is, is that, and this actually has to do with the fact that I don't eat meat and I'm pretty dairy free. Um, meaning that I knew in my family, I'm the one who basically takes care of her food. So, um, so I, I need hundred percent control over what she eats. Actually not, that's not true. But from the day that she was born, she never latched. And so it was a really tough decision. I would have loved her to latch. I would have loved her to breastfeed, but my first big decision in this space is how do I teach my kid and keep them in line with like what my food values are was that I had to make the decision on to put her on to formula mm-hmm. and I was like I don't want to do that and mm-hmm. I don't want to do the cow's milk formula I don't want to do the soy milk formula like I don't like I don't want any of it so I had to right. make that decision on ultimately what's best for her and infuse as much of what's important to me as possible which I think is really my ultimate answer to this but how that shows up is that when she started eating solid food or even like blended foods, I blended everything. I did everything from scratch. I really loved it too. I still do. I actually wish that she would still do that stuff, but I would deliberately introduce all sorts of different stuff with her. I constantly used it as an experiment. Like, okay, does she like carrots and cinnamon and this and peaches together? And does she like, like still to this day to help her like 
really get a lot of superfood greens. I still make like a green smoothie smoothie that I made when she first was eating this stuff, when I was first blending food for her. And it's like, it's peas, it's spinach, um, it's pears and kiwi. And it tastes so good. It tastes Ooh, like her ooh, applesauce. I'm like, I would eat this. It's it so fun. good. Yeah, I eat it too. It's so good. And like, great. She gets green. She gets tons of greens in there. She gets the pea protein. She gets the sweet, the tart. I mean, she gets it all and she loves it. So how I have always done it is I infuse and I get super creative with making sure that she gets her vegetables and making sure she gets fruits, making sure she tries a bunch of stuff. I mean, my girl knew what quinoa was when she was three months old or when I, you know, four months old. Um, you know, she was having kale blended in her stuff like that. But that it's not abnormal for me. Like that's ha- what's in my house. And right, so right. that was totally normal. And then, so she goes to daycare three days a week. And when she started eating foods for, oh man, for probably about nine months to a year, I actually made her food for her. Like I would not let her eat there and mm-hmm. I would make all the food for her. There was a point, and it just happened recently, where two things happened. Number one, um, my husband starting started getting really, my husband is not meat-free nor dairy-free. And so there's that conversation that happens there. Um, and so he started having a pretty hardcore opinion about what she needs to eat. And so I'm, I treasure my relationship. And so I understand I'm not the only one raising this kid. And so we had to come to some compromises. And so that happened simultaneous, simultaneously with this thing called like, it's kind of a social thing. Like she's going and sitting around the table with all of her classmates and she's the only one with, that's not eating their food. Like that's kind of weird. So you know, the way that I make sense of it is at least for now, like I see what they feed her and it's, it's okay. It's not what I would choose to feed her every single day, but it's, it's good food. They're always incorporating vegetables. The woman who owns the daycare cooks everything from scratch there in the kitchen. So I feel good about that. Um, she, you know, she is eating meat. She is having milk and toast and butter and all that stuff, but I'm just like, okay, but that's three days a week. The rest of the days of the week I've got, you're mine, (laughs) you know? So that, that all feels good to me right now. And then I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly still experimenting, still, you know, try this carrot, try that thing. And I'm very aware because it's really easy at this age. She's about two years old. So it's really easy for them to get super addicted to carbs, like bread, this pasta, this, you know, little quick snacks that are like really easy and it's all bread. And Mm. I'm not, I'm not anti that, but like, I am constantly aware of like, okay, well, she's had way too much of that today. Like we really need to make sure she has some hummus and some of this and some of this. Like I really am constantly aware of sort of what's been on her plate. That was a great answer. Amazing. And you're doing a great job. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to do it because I'm going to be such a control freak. I'm going to do all this <laughs> just like you're doing, but I don't know what's going to happen when that comes up and you don't want her to be the awkward kid at school that has I to know. eat something different. From you're going to homeschool, Allie. <laughs> that's, that's, I that's probably a, am, but yeah. you will stay but in my crazy. protective bubble <laughs> <laughs> or just put them in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but there is, I think it's actually really important to recognize that because, you know, we can sit here and talk our vegan talk and we have really powerful reasons as to why we choose that every day and why we choose these healthy foods. But there's this other thing called like, that's not the quote unquote normal world that we live in. And so I actually think that I do my kid a disservice if I don't teach her both worlds, you know? And I te- if I teach her like McDonald's is evil, don't ever eat there. I'm- She's going to rebel and going to yeah. go eat there. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So like, okay, like I roll my eyes because my husband, their new father-daughter time together is oh, going no. and getting flipping ice cream. And I'm like, no, it's not real ice God, cream. That would be crazy. Uh, and I'm, 
I'm like, can you at least just get the Italian ice for her? <laughs> but, you know, like that's a bonding thing. So what am I going to do? Am I going to absolutely say no, that yeah. that's not okay? Yeah. So like it, there's so much gray area, but I just know what I can control. And what I can control is for the majority of her time, the, all the meals that she's having when she's with me and just making sure that she's getting – and the food, how much she's eating too. Like I actually I actually don't think I do a great job of this. Like we don't – we have a really small place that we live. And so like we don't have like a formal dining room area. So we eat – like we eat like on the couch. Like that's wh- what we do. And there are t- – we're just – we've always sort of eaten at different times. Like we've never had like a formal dinner time. And so she's learned that. And so she kind of eats whenever she's hungry, right? Versus like, no, this is mealtime. We're going to sit down during this time. So like there's all that stuff too about like are you eating until you're full or are you eating just because you know you can get up and 10 minutes later you're going to eat from whatever your dad's eating and you're going to be like going right up to him going, dad, dad, I'm going to eat, you know? <laughs> so it's just so much. So I really don't like to stress about it too much. I'm like, eh, I'll take it day by day. Absolutely. No, it sounds like you're doing an incredible job. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) And so what advice could you give to Food Heals Nation listeners who have dealt with cravings or overeating or anorexia? What do we do when we have food cravings? How can we get past that if we're trying to live this healthy lifestyle? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I actually do have some pretty practical advice for that. Um, I know you do. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's going (laughs) to... See how you set me up there? (laughs) I am a very practical person on this. I'm also a very emotional person. And so, so much of the work that I have done dealing with food and what it is in my life and exercising what it is in my life is really discovering what the emotional stuff is underneath it. Obviously, I can talk very fluently about that. So one of the very practical exercises I took with me as soon as I started recovering recovery in the 12-step program was anytime I would have a craving, and for me it was Diet Coke, that's sort of my, I go to that because I didn't want to eat, you know? So I knew that that was not a healthy thing. So as soon as I had a craving for Diet Coke, I would go to my journal and I would just start writing down, like, I want a Diet Coke right now. Well, why do I want a Diet Coke? Well, I want a Diet Coke because... I'm just so frustrated right now. My boss is being a jerk and I'm just, you know, he keeps yelling at me for this and blah, 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 blah. And all this emotion ends up pouring out. And so by the end of it, what I ended up doing in real terms was basically talking to myself and writing to myself like, Katie, seriously, do you really want a Diet Coke? Or are you just really pissed off? And why don't you go walk outside? And I'll tell this was always, by the way, this is a really good tip. If you have a craving, I call it like the delay challenge, which is, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go take a walk outside if you're craving this? Or um, And in 10 minutes, if you still want this, you could totally have it. Yes. That's what, yeah, that's what I always tell my husband. Like, if he wants to order the giant meal, I'm like, I'll tell you what. Why don't you order the half meal? And if you're still hungry, you could order that the second half of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, it, and it works. That combination of those two things, like journaling out my emotions and why I'm actually having a craving and getting to the root of that allows me to then intelligently say, do I want this or do I not? And sometimes I'll say, yeah, I still want it and it's okay. Like, I'm just going to let myself have it today. But more often than not, you're going to see like, oh, okay. It's because, you know, my husband and I just got in a fight and I'm really frustrated and I don't know how to deal with that right now. So I'm going to go on a walk instead. And if I still want that when I come back, 
I'm going to go, I'll go ahead and have it, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like, I actually asked you this question because I heard you talk about this on Diane Daniels' Weight Loss Nation podcast episode that you did with her. And I am obsessed with journaling. This is one of the things that like totally rocked my world because I already eat like super clean all day, no problems. I'll eat soup, salad, smoothies all day. You know, I don't really have cravings during the day. It's at night when it's quiet and no mm-hmm. one's around where I'm like, where's the chocolate cake and the, you know, whatever it is that all of a sudden I need. And so for me, it's like, just like you said, like sometimes once in a while, absolutely, I'm going to have that cake or whatever. And I have a lot of vegan cake and ice cream, you guys. I'll tell you what. But uh, <laughs> I do know for myself that I'm such an emotional person that if I have, I'm a busy body, I will work, 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 work. So when I finally come to the moment of calming down and peace at the end of the day and it might be like midnight and all of a sudden I'm like well where's the chocolate here people and in most cases there is something emotional I haven't dealt with and Mm -hmm. if I just sit and start writing I all this stuff comes up and I'm like oh I didn't even know I felt that way today good good to know and it could be something as simple as like, dude, I just rocked out this day and I want to celebrate. Like it yes, doesn't always yes. have to be like some psychological, I need to be on, or you know, sometimes you just want to enjoy something that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But it's identifying that and being um, and owning that versus just mindlessly eating because yes. you think you need to. It's like you said, having Absolutely. that, those structure, those rules so that you can have the freedom. You can't, everybody knows you cannot ha- be on any extreme for anything, whether it be, you know, food or uh, exercise or work or love, you know, you have to have balance. Yeah. And I think that exactly that is what I've incorporated and how I feel like I do a pretty darn good job of living a healthy life now is that I have, I have these boundaries, meaning like I know if I am too heavy on the scale of like way too into working out and I find myself like, oh my God, I didn't work out and that's not okay. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm, I'm keeping track of how much I weigh. I still do not own a scale, but I will at some point I have gone to like the supermarket to get on every once in a while just to see, <laughs> you know, but like if I find myself getting too obsessed with that, too obsessed with having to have perfectly structured food, I know that that's not healthy for me. I know that's not okay. And if I'm on the other end where I'm just like, meh, I'm an athlete. My body will handle it. I don't have to work out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, oh, I can just eat whatever I want. I There are absolutely vegan junk food binges that you can go on, you know, and I can go on those. And But I know if I'm on that end of the scale, that's not happy either. So it is. It's finding that middle ground that actually makes sense. And that is only possible if you've created those boundaries for yourself. I don't like scales either. I think for women, they're stupid. Because, yeah. because we well, they don't measure a lot. Well, they, they don't measure everything. They don't measure if you're gaining, yeah, if you're gaining muscle, right, and also if you're bloated from your period or you're just retaining what you know. It, it, yeah. It, so, um, I read this really great book years ago called "Why French Women Don't Get Fat." Yeah. And, oh, I remember that book. And <laughs> they talked about tape measures, and I, for, I use that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also say how French women, if you can't, you know, if you get down to where you want to be, and then you have your clothes that you know fit that body if you're if you start to get snug that's your indicator but I love the tape measure and I love their their whole attitude about food is just so different than ours it's so true and if you go to like a good personal trainer they'll usually have I don't know what the machines are called so I'm sure Food Heals Nation is going to send me a letter and be like here's what it is but (laughs) all I know is it measures body fat and composition body BMI right body mass index 
that and some other shit. I don't even remember. I did this before my <laughs> wedding. So this was a few years ago. But I remember from the beginning of the six months like personal training I did to the end, all the numbers went down and had nothing to do with the scale. The scale was almost the same. Like I think I was like maybe seven pounds lighter, which is awesome. But in six months, it's not that much. But the circumference of my waist was way smaller so I could fit into my hot wedding dress, which I cannot fit into now, by the way. <laughs> but- <laughs> The point is, is that all my, like my body fat percentage went down significantly. My waist circumference went down and it was because I was doing way more exercise than I do now, even though I work out a lot. That was just like a crazy training period. But at least I was getting the results on the scale didn't show the transformation that my body truly made during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all, they're all tools like the scale, all of these, um, you know, whatever is measuring your body composition, your food, how tight your pants are, how loose they are. Like they're all just tools to measure where you are in your comfort zone, I guess. That's, I hate that term, but like it's it's something there. It's like this, I'll call it the happy zone. Okay. But only you can know where your happy zone is. And it's up to you to use all these tools to help you maneuver that. So we're podcasters. It's sort of like the scale would be like the download numbers. And if you thought that download numbers, i.e. the scale is the end all be all of your whole existence as a podcaster, then you would be sorely skewed and mistaken, right? Because you'd be completely blind to the fact that there are a gazillion other measurements that will show you what you're doing and what impact you're having. That the, All of those things are exactly the same way. It's just it's just up to you to decide who you are and what, what your happy zone really is. I love that comparison. And I just got back from this conference, New Media Summit, and we debated about the download numbers, how much they matter. They don't matter, blah, blah, blah. Like there was such a raging debate and only mm-hmm. podcasters will get how much. <laughs> it is a <laughs> constant <laughs> debate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but another thing that happened as you went, I heard you say veganish, um, yeah. Yeah. is that you started seeing your asthma symptoms go yes. away, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Okay. So um, I'll circle back to the fact that I got my bird, Sammy, right? So I've been asthmatic my whole life. Like I think 18 months old, I got asthma. I was diagnosed with asthma, was in and out of the hospitals as a young kid. And at some point, I think late elementary school, early junior high, I was on daily inhalers. So having grown into an athlete, I got very used to it. Like that didn't hinder me, but as I needed my inhalers, like I needed whatever combination of inhalers I had on a daily, regular basis. So fast forward through my teens, my 20s, my 30s, that was all a part of my normal daily life. Well, all of a sudden I get this bird. And at that point I was on a master swim team here in Tampa And I remember, I just remember it was like in the fall or I'm sorry, in the spring and we get really bad um, pollen out here. So all of a sudden I was like having a hard time breathing. I'm thinking it's because of the pollen and I'm at um, swim team uh, practice and I cannot swim one lap. And I'm like, I can't, my, I have no lung capacity. So at that point it felt so bad. Like I felt that my lungs were bruised. Um, that's the best description I could give of it. But it was like every breath in and out was, was work. Like I had to concentrate on it. So what I came to find out, I went, I hopped online. This is part of the reason why I love online business. I hopped online and I did tons of research of like, what is going on? Like what uh, it's not, I've never had allergies this bad to like, you know, the pollen or anything. Like, what is this? I know I'm allergic to cats, but like, I don't have a cat around. Come to finally realize I'm allergic to my bird, this beautiful soul I had fallen in love with. And I'm like, there's no way. So I'm searching endlessly online for like some sort of a solution 
everything I see is get rid of your bird or no. buy this, you know, $10,000 air purifier. And I was like, there's got to be another way. So I came across this ebook. It was a $49 ebook all about, you know, the miracle asthma cure or something like that. And it tells this, it, it's done through this great story, which I won't go into now, but it basically gives the equation for X amount of milligrams, I don't know if that's the right measuring element, but it's like X amount of milligrams of this one natural supplement and X amount of milligrams of this other natural supplement. And the combination of those two in this amount on an everyday basis at this amount, at this amount of times a day will not only cure the symptoms, but end up repairing your respiratory system. So I was like, well, what do I have to lose? So you, you can literally go to your local store. It is... Um, it's a combination of quercetin and bromelain. Quercetin is a, it is a natural antihistamine and bromelain is from the plant of um, a pineapple. And so it's a specific combination of these two. So I just went and I got, you know, I went to whatever local health food store we have and I kind of got like a sample and I was like, well, let me see how this works. The next day I, that bruising feeling was gone and I was wow. like, okay, Love it. there's something wow. to this. And so um, I'll give you this example. So the brand that I use actually has the combination already in these capsules. And so a normal like, hey, you're taking these for your seasonal allergies uh, amount is like two capsules. Well, this is eight capsules four times a day, right? So it's like intense. Yeah. You know? And so I'm doing all this research on like, is there any backlash on this? Are there any like negative things that can happen? Nothing. And so I did that um, combination, still taking my daily asthma meds for probably a year and then mm -hmm. eventually, and it helped immediately. I could totally feel it help. And then after a year, weaned off my asthma meds, which I had been on since a kid. Um, That's incredible. And then yeah. after that, probably six months to another year after that, totally weaned off the quercetin. So wow. I actually don't take anything now. And I am such a believer. I mean, you talk about food heals. You talk about natural supplements heal. Like, like the body can heal itself with getting what it needs. Like, I was a thousand percent believer. I was like, oh my God, like that did it for me. I totally see that. So just such a huge, huge believer in the fact that that and getting dairy out of my diet, those two things combined were huge, huge. So yeah, I mean, from one, from going from like someone who literally always, anywhere I went, I had to have an inhaler. Like that was always like that thing. And now I don't, I don't need to have it. I mean, what you said just gave me chills. This is why we do this mm -hmm. because yeah. the body will heal itself, but you have to give it the tools it needs to do so. So, oh, you just warmed my heart with that story. Cause so many people have told us how getting off dairy, I, I've been blessed to never have allergies, but people that do that have allergies or asthma, they are suffering for mm -hmm. long periods of their life. And I remember living with someone who had asthma and was allergic to her own cats. And we had two cats in the house and it was so horribly sad. Of course, at this time, I didn't know anything about food heals. This is in college, but I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to live my life like she does. So I've been blessed mm -hmm. not to have this problem. But now we interview so many people who by giving up dairy and figuring out the right diet and supplements for them have been able to overcome these things. So it's incredible because that's really a chronic debilitating thing to have going on in your life every day. Oh my gosh, huge. And you have to understand, like I grew up, my mom is a, is a nurse. She is a medical person. So the <laughs> fact that like, she did not want to hear this conversation. She doesn't, she still doesn't want to know about it. She did not even want to hear that I was having a natural birth. Like she does, she does, wants nothing to do with it. Doesn't trust it. 
loves oh my me, gosh. loves me, ends up supporting me. Is the I'm everyone. Fo- I mean, my mother is just a person you want to love and fall in love with. She's amazing, but super, super medical, right? So, yeah. um, so that's what I grew up with. That is absolutely what. I, so it was totally abnormal for me um, to eventually become a person who was like not immediately go to what med- what medicine is there for that to see and now I've absolutely gone into the other direction which is is there a natural way is there a natural something that would help me with this you know and then if it comes down to it if that's if it's still not working then let me go a medical route yeah right and there's so many you know and there's I've never heard of that particular combination that's great to know about for people with asthma but I know for allergies I myself have reversed it Uh, I developed an allergy and reversed it or I had someone reverse it for me through applied kinesiology and when I describe this to people they look at me like I'm a lunatic but I'm like no I'm living proof I developed an allergy to something I love red wine and was not going to stand for it yes (laughs) Allison I told you this story no my heart my heart just broke in half a little when you said Uh, that okay so the abbreviated version of it I lived in Italy I drank red wine every goddamn day when I was there um it's my I like white but I love red and one day this Mm -hmm. was probably about mm, seven years ago uh was open cracked open a bottle of red and took a sip and immediately had a headache and I was like uh this is weird and I thought okay maybe it's sulfites did it with a wine without sulfites no so um, I knew someone who is uh, something that's called applied kinesiology, which chiropractors do, uh, or some chiropractors do, not all. Some of them don't even believe in it. But I, I knew this one guy. He was like, um, he was already treating me for other stuff. He'd already helped me alleviate pain incredibly fast in my muscles. So I was like, hey, I developed this reaction. And they have these vials for pretty much everything, for grass, for pet dander, for dirt, for pollution air it's really it's it's really trippy that this even exists but they have these vials that have a little bit of the essence they put it and they muscle test you and if you go weak with Mm -hmm. this essence on you it means your body your body if you look at it as a computer has shut down in response to that thing and you need to reboot the computer and he rebooted me for red wine oh my god amazing <laughs> wow. drop and now I drink. I now I'm a happy little red wine drinker, and and <laughs> and other things. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. So there's that too. So if your kids ever develop allergies, that's an option. You know what, God, Susie? I'm lo- here. Is why I love what you and Allison do, ladies. I love what you do because I feel like there are so many people who just live with whatever it is there that are. they have. Myself included yeah. for a long time, right? And it's not like you just, yeah. you just live with it. And then you take whatever medicine you need to in order to deal with, you know, symptoms that get worse and what have you. But there are other ways to not only deal with it, but to actually completely rid it. If you would have told me 20 years ago that I would not have asthma or I would not have, I would not have an inhaler, I would look at you like you're crazy. Like there's no way this is me for life. Right, I have I'm sure the life. doctors and your mother also said, this is you for of life. Course. Yeah. I remember going through, you know, Miss Athletic Rebel in high school. I was like, I don't want to take my inhaler. I'm just going to see if I can I can be fine, you know. And three mm-hmm. days later, surely I could not step five feet without being like, oh, I can't breathe. I would reluctantly go back on the inhaler being like, this sucks. I don't want to have to do this. And that's why I just love what you're doing, because the more people that find out about 
that even get curious enough to start researching like I did. Like, right. let me just look. Yeah. Let me just listen to that show because that sounds like something I might do. Let me let me see about this gut health because I'm kind of having some gut things. So maybe there's some things that I could do before I go and get whatever operation that people are telling me to get. You know, like that's the power of what this all is, is like you have choice. Like you have, there's so many other things out there that can help you. So that's, I just, I love that story because of that. Well, thank you. And this is why we do what we do. You know, I never knew any of this, you know, like 15 years ago. I don't even know when I started anymore. I probably should do my math, but I was suffering. And it took me watching both of my parents completely become debilitated from first chronic disease, autoimmune disease, and then cancer for me to even recognize that I had to take my health into my own hands. It took me witnessing two deaths for me to understand how important this was. So how many of us are having to deal with are their own chronic degenerative disease or see their loved ones suffer before they have this wake-up call. And so Susie and I's goal is just to awaken people that a miracle is possible and that the body can heal itself. So you're living proof of that. And you know, and, and so it. much of it has to do, I believe, with our modern lifestyle and all of our modern chemicals and our plastics and the stuff in our food and the stuff in our shampoo. And it builds up. And the more and more I learn about it, it's like we're not meant to deal with all of that. So yeah. if you take it, yeah. if you reduce your lifestyle and Obi agrees with me, he's barking. And if you <laughs> take all that junk away, if you're not feeling well, if you take little by little and educate yourself, you give your body the chance to reboot. Uh, Absolutely. So true. All right, ladies, well, I want to pivot to business before we go so we can hear a little bit more about what Katie does for all of our eco-entrepreneur Food Heals Nation listeners. Um, and I want to start with, Katie, the talk of Podcast Movement 2017 was The Messengers documentary. Can you tell yeah. me about that? Yeah. So ironically, if you could see me, I'm actually wearing the shirt for it right now. So nice. The Messengers, a podcast documentary, was actually um, created by and produced by my husband, Chris Kremitzos. And he is just a genius creative of a man, um, been an entrepreneur ever since he was in diapers. And um, he and I both fell in love with podcasting at the same time. I took the road of starting my own podcast. He took the road of building community around podcasting. He has since done a few podcasts, um, but he puts on another amazing podcasting conference for independents and change makers called PodFest Multimedia Expo. And so when he did that, he's been doing that for a few years now. Um, I think about two years ago now, he he was doing this show, this conference, and he was bringing all these great podcasters together. And he was like, you know what? We've got all these awesome flipping podcasters coming. We should make a documentary. And that doesn't come unwarranted by any means. He has sort of a video and movie background. And so he's always really wanted to do something on a bigger scale. And so he started, he hired a crew and they started recording. And over the course of the year, he and his crew created this incredible documentary about podcasting and podcasters and why we podcast and what a podcast really is and the power of the podcast. Um, just like what we just talked about, like it, it, it shows that visually because Food Heals Nation, how many of you have tried to like say, you guys need to listen to this podcast? And they're like, what? What's a podcast? Like, I, I can, can I go look it up somewhere? Can I go look it up online? And um, Some of my best friends still don't know how to download my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, oh. and, and it's totally okay, but it's an, it's an incredibly quickly growing platform, very powerful as, as you two ladies and every awesome person who listens to you 
what they know is that this platform is so powerful. And so his movie really documented that in a visual way so that people could visually see what is a podcast, why do these people do it, and how are they doing it in a way that impacts and really makes a difference in people's lives. I love it. And how can people watch it? Um, so if you go to themessengersdoc.com, um, it'll give you all the information there. But it is available for purchase on iTunes and on um, Amazon as well. So you could just look for The Messengers, a podcast documentary. Allie, are we messengers? Awesome. We are messengers. Yes. She's got a podcast. We're all messengers here. Well, to see, that's the point. The whole the whole uh, thesis of it is, is that every single one of us who podcasts, we have a message that we are here to share. And it's sometimes it's a funny one. Sometimes it's a really deep and meaningful and purposeful one. But ultimately, at the end of the day, people are impacted by this message. And because you're here, that makes a difference. Absolutely. And it was so interesting. I was at this um, new media conference over the weekend and we had all these like really interesting conversations in this group setting and someone said if someone offered to buy your audience right now for you know a price that would you know pay you for the next 10 years you wouldn't have to work would you take it raise your hand and all these people raised their hand and I was like no No this is my passion this is my message this is my voice this is the reason I'm doing this it's not my nine to five it's not something that is some sellable because it's just a business that whatever And I couldn't believe how many people raised their hands. And I was just like, I would never do that. Like, this is what I want to do for as long as it's as long as we have people passionate about it, as long as I want to do it for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel the same way. You know, for me and my business for Biz Women Rock, it is. It's like I this is what I get to do. I get to I choose and get to do this every day. I get to show up and talk to business women. I get to strategize with women about how to grow their company so that they can make more money and that they can impact other people while they're doing that and take that money and and donate it to things that are important to them and and do things with that. Like that's all what it is. Like I get to do that. Like that's pretty awesome. Like there's no, there's not a price on that. And I've done the work just as you ladies have to build the audience and give all this awesome content and continue to deepen relationships with every single person who listens, who's a part of my community in some way. Um, And that's, you know, that's priceless. Absolutely. So you're starting a movement for business women. How can people listen to your podcast, join your community, attend your retreats, all that good stuff? (laughs) Um, The easiest way is to go to bizwomenrock.com. And right there on the front page, there's actually an invitation to join my free private Facebook group, which is so much more than just a Facebook group. It really is a, a, a really special place where Right now, about 5,000 businesswomen from all over the world get to congregate and get a chance to really check in with each other, you know, ask for feedback on stuff, ask for advice, share ups and downs and all that sort of good stuff. And you can get my podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And all of that information is on there as well. And within that group is really where I'm sharing about all the different either events. I have a retreat coming up in uh, December of this year. Um, You know, I've got lots of, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to be in a mansion in Orlando. Shut up. I want to come. Oh my God. (laughs) seriously we're in a mansion a nine bedroom luxury mansion in orlando with a pool a hot tub a game room and i'm bringing him my personal massage therapist to come there so he can give everyone massages 
This sounds like heaven. No joke. And I'm bringing, um, <laughs> I, one of my community members is um, an intuitive and Reiki master. And so she's coming down and doing Reiki sessions and yoga and meditations. Tuesday. And seriously, it's like the perfect, com- it's the perfect combination of like, we're working. Don't get me wrong. We're working on like the vision for your business for next year, but we're going to, we're going to play. We're going to relax a little bit. Like, you know. It's December 1st through 3rd of this year, 2017. Maybe I'll give that to myself for my birthday since my birthday is the 2nd. Hey, (laughs) very nice. Hey, we would be happy to celebrate your birthday. But yeah, so that's where um, within the podcast and my Facebook group and, um, you know, on the website, all that stuff is really where I'm constantly announcing like what stuff is going on and what resources are out there, whether people, you know, need one-on-one consulting and strategy and coaching um, or they need like masterminds um, which is another thing that I provide so whatever it is like there's all sorts of different resources that I provide all with the intention to help businesswomen grow and and enjoy this this ride of entrepreneurship so that they can really use it as a vehicle to live lives that they really really love so beautifully stated thank you katie so much and i know you and i got to speak at the fame and profit lab at podcast movement this year so do you have any more speaking gigs coming up how can people see you live in person yeah well i will be speaking at um well obviously at my retreat but i will be speaking at podfest multimedia expo which is february 8th 9th and 10th of 2018 And I will also be speaking at Social Media Marketing World, which I think is like uh, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, something like that. It's right around that time. So yeah, so that is where I will be speaking. Congrats. Well, I'll try to come and see you at either a retreat or a conference. You know, I'm a conference junkie, so I'm sure I'll see you soon. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Katie. this was so awesome. Thank you so much. Susie, Allison, thank you guys so much. It was such an honor to be here. I just love, love these conversations. Such a good interview. I love her so much. Susie, I know that was one of your favorite interviews. It was. It was so fun. She's amazing. And Food Heals Nation, I will actually be speaking at PodFest with Katie. It's February 8th through 11th. It's in Orlando if you want to join me. You can get tickets at podfest.us. I really hope to see you there. I'll be posting lots about it in our Facebook group. Make sure you're a member, foodhealsgroup.com. Also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foodhealsnation. I hope to see you there. And don't forget, we have so many exciting things in our holiday gift guide this year, which you can check out at foodhealsnation.com slash gift guide. So we did our best to get you discounts. And we've been announcing discounts on the podcast. We're going to continue to announce them so that we can get you some of our favorite things at, you know, 10 to 20% off. But if we don't have a discount code for you, I found the coolest thing ever. You're going to die. So I haven't even told Susie about this because I want her to try it and report back to us. Oh my God, you've never done this. You're putting me on the spot. Wow. I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't tell her this was coming. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So there is a site. It is at foodhealsnation.com slash discounts. It's called Honey Coupons. And what they do is they install into your browser a little like, I don't know, extension, I think they call it, okay? A browser extension. So on Safari or Chrome or what are, what do Windows people use? I don't even know. What it's going to do is it's going to install this extension. So when you're about to check out, when you're buying something, it searches the web or it has a coupon code like repository of codes and it tests all these codes and gives you the best code possible. 
So here I am. I am shopping because I'm having this birthday party on December 2nd. If anyone wants to come, just email me if you're in LA. But um, I'm having this birthday party. So here I am ordering all of these things that I need, like glassware. Like I got these like really cute um, mason jars. And then I'm ordering like a backdrop for a photo booth. I'm doing all this cute stuff. I'm having a vegan um, birthday party with karaoke. It's going to be so much fun in West Hollywood. So I'm ordering random things from random websites. And this honey coupon site is finding me discounts before I check out. So it's literally like, here, here, you just saved $37. Here, you just saved $14 on all of these random things I'm buying. That's it's awesome. incredible. It, it's so awesome. So you can get it as an extension on your browser. We set up a thing so it'll go straight to the download. It's foodhealsnation.com slash discounts. Check it out. Susie, report back next week. Tell us if you got any discounts. Tell us how it worked. I will. It's awesome. So in the gift guide, we've got lots of discount codes for you. And then for the ones that we don't, you can try and see if this works. And if it doesn't, you might just want to buy it anyway. But it's just our favorite things mixed with things that our guests generously donated a get discount code for. So that's how we roll. We love the discounts. Yeah. So thanks again, Katie. We loved your episode next week. We're talking to Drew Cannoli. His episode will blow your mind because Susie and I kind of fell in love with him a little bit. Yeah, I totally have a crush. I hope. Yeah, and we're married, so who doesn't listen to this episode? Sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry to the loves of our lives. We have a new crush. It happens. It does. Okay. But yeah, we also have a discount code from Drew, so we appreciate that. Organifyshop.com. Food heals. Discount code twenty percent. Twenty percent. It adds more. up. Yeah, it does. And all of his products are phenomenal. I was. I, had, I hate to admit this, but I was ordering as we were talking to him because I didn't want to forget. And then I clicked that little discount. I put in that discount code. And no, I was in the cart, and I already have <laughs> his green powder, and I already have his protein powder. And I was like, I want the gold. Yeah, so I want to I'm already ordering the reishi and turmeric sleep tea. Oh, can't wait. So excited. All right, see you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.